Hello and welcome to the new episode of the How to Trade Like a Pro podcast. I'm Vinant Alt and this episode I am happy to welcome Ron William. Ron William is a renowned technical analyst, an expert for financial behavior and therefore it's reason enough to talk with him about the mindset of a professional trader. Before we start, please take a closer look at the risk disclosure in the show notes and then we're good to go. I'm here with Ron William. Ron William is not just a trader, but also a very, very well-known technical analyst. And Ron, you, you have so many things. I'm just browsing through your LinkedIn profile and all your expertise. It doesn't stop. So you're founder of RW Advisory, your performance coach, trading psychologist, behavioral finance is something you're really keen on. So you're with the foundation of the study of psychics, your development director. You've been on the board of the International Federation of Technical Analysts. Still, you're in the education committee, and I really hope so. You're back on the board very soon. So I'm really, really happy to talk with you about trading, about technical analysis, about life, traveling, and everything that comes around it. Welcome, Ron. Thank you very much, Vieland. It's an honor and pleasure to be catching up on this podcast and uh, with you, um, uh, with all the hats that you you wear, uh, first and foremost, uh, as a friend and industry colleague, but also uh, IFTA uh, president and trader. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for, for you know, for uh, bringing the time. And we just had a one hour chat before our recording. And it's always like that when we talk about not just trading. Basically, we don't talk about trading. We talk about everything around it, a little bit organization management, life. And um, that's that's why I feel like it's it's time to go also into trading, into analysis. And that's why I just thought about a podcast would be great. So um, usually what, what I like to know um, about about my guests is how did it all start? Where Where was the beginning point? for markets, for analysis, for trading, for stocks, commodities, whatever. Where did it start? Uh, early study years uh, with originally a passion for history, uh, but through work experience while studying, um, I was offered uh, a summer uh, work opportunity. Uh, and, and, and here I pause and smile and say it was a labor of love. Uh, arrangement. So it, I, I learned on the job and my bonus was uh, the, the knowledge that I learned. Um, but in the end, years later, that became my first official uh, um, starting point uh, in the UK uh, financial city. Uh, so looking back, it, w it was meant to be. It was uh, a part of the fate of life. Um, and, uh, and and this journey that we're all on uh, through different ways. Uh, the adult story I would uh, include um, is having great mentors along the way, uh, to name a few, David Fuller, Robin Griffiths, um, and, and others um, that taught me uh, a mixture of behavioral technical analysis in terms of the psychology, the Yep. and uh, of of things um but also the cyclicality in in nature and markets uh, th these are key concepts that uh, i've i've built along the way and then the last point i would make is um learning by doing uh so 
actually trading and having skin in the game uh, was always yeah. a very important uh, stepping stone. And one of my first trades were probably my worst trades because I made money. Um, and then the second time I traded, I lost what I made um, and got involved in revenge trading without even knowing what that was. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then realized you know, uh, later on that I needed to give this uh, disciplined professional subjects due diligence. I, I needed to get to work uh, and, and, and really take this seriously. Yeah. I mean, what, what's interesting about this is, first of all, you started something around being an analyst or, you know, with, with all kind of techniques. And then you became a trader. Usually people go the different way. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing about, I can do something in the markets and um, let's make money, you know, like just going on, opening an account and just trade and then realizing, oh, like, like you said, I'm, I made profit. Now I make losses and now I make even bigger losses. How is this possible? You know, and then they become analysts. And that, but from, from your point of view or what I just learned is that it's more the, the different way. Is there a difference between being an analyst and, and a trader? Yes, there is. Uh, they're not exclusive. Both focus areas are not exclusive of each other. And I think most people will, will know that uh, to, to be true. Um, however, um, as I was once taught, uh, you can uh, be a professional uh, in, in the art of, an, of both analysis and trading. And then you can also be an asset to clients who, who want guidance on the same thing. And so uh, do by learning and, 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 and ultimately offer guidance in what you do. It's a rarity. Uh, so it, uh, it is something that a uh, few do well. Uh, but yeah. I think that the best way that you can connect the dots uh, between both uh, is to be track-driven, ultimately. And when I say track-driven, not just in terms of outcome and bottom-line results, uh, i.e. the equity curve being positive, uh, but also having a systematic process that, that the market and you can be accountable to. Um, and right. so I, I think which, whichever side of the equation you're on, markets keep us honest. Because ultimately, you know, the, the, the price is king. And uh, if, 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 if the analysis or trade works, great. If not, you have a risk uh, uh, assessment um, and then, you know, due diligence follows. Um, I've always been interested in both. I've, yes. always, I've always been keen to, uh, to have a big picture strategic view. Uh, on, on world markets, uh, understand the cause and effect, uh, and not just apply it to markets, but to the economy um, and to, you know, related trends. And on the trading side, it, it, it's, uh, it's always made sense to develop that skill, uh, mm -hmm. both for myself and for clients. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm asking for that reason because, you know, there's, some sometimes especially if you're with traders also with especially with retail traders if you like yeah it's so easy to do trading and i don't have to apply technical analysis in such a big way to understand really everything so maybe maybe support and resistance and i'm good to go but as we both know there's more to experience and also there's not more to discover and more to learn and I'm pretty sure you would agree that this learning will never stop. And even though you feel like you, you know everything, market te te teaches you different lessons, right? What do you think about this? 
Absolutely. My first uh, official uh, independent research advisory role uh, servicing uh, top financial institutions was in the currency emerging market space. And I can tell you, I had my technical analysis and trading recommended reading on, on the desk. Mm-hmm. And I was just speaking about this with some, uh, some industry peers yesterday, literally. Uh, we were exchanging uh, memories from the past in terms of our journey. And the point I was making is that I did read, study, and follow the, the, the rules and the guidelines. But then when I was in the seat, analyzing what proved to be very volatile and uncertain markets, yeah. I had to take a bucket of salt <laughs> and shake it, up, shake it about um, through my own experience, for better and for worse. And yeah. that's where you learn not just the rules and the guidelines, but you know the exceptions. Uh, you, and most importantly, you, you, you gain a self-awareness as to what works for you and how you can ultimately be in this peak performance uh, mindset uh, to get the best results. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's also interesting because now you're talking also about mindset. I mean, we, we're coming from support and resistance and in a minute we're talking about mindset and I really love the idea because as more you, as, 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 as more experienced you are as a trader, you realize that of course you know the basics, you also more know some sophisticated ideas about technical analysis, but at the end, Especially if you go in short term, I think it's more really important also to to distinguish. Um, if you go in short term, mindset is key, right? I would say mindset is key across the board, and and this is this became more prominent in my thinking uh, through uh, training that I did with uh, lead trade psychologist uh, Dr. Van Da, mm-hmm. um, who in, in since uh, time has has passed, but his work lives on. Um, and I train uh, for their organization, the Van Tharp Institute. He always taught that there was an 80-20 um, uh, success equation where 80% is psychology, 20% is mechanics. In the, in the later years of his life work, he then changed it to 100%. <laughs> he, he, I, I said, you know, you know What is the change in, 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 in the split? And, and, and he genuinely believed it was everything. So not to say that uh, the mechanics of trading, risk management, money management aren't important. They are. But ultimately, mm-hmm. the person that drives them is, is as important, if not more. Um, so yeah. that's the first point I would make. The second thing is what he often said is that people don't trade the markets. They trade mm-hmm. their beliefs. I'll say it one more time because it sounds a little bit of, of, a, of a mind twister. People don't trade the markets. They trade their beliefs. And so again... It isn't saying that we don't trade markets because clearly we do, but when we do, it's the perception of the data and the market move and the volatility that we trade. Once it filters through your mind, my mind, and everyone else's mind, that, that's what creates the nuance. And so yeah. it's really important to have a level of self-awareness uh, on, on that point. And the last, last um, recommendation I would give people again, based on the same work, uh, is um, to think about you, the system, and the environment. Uh, this is also part of uh, uh, Dr. Tharp's work, uh, where he recommends an alignment of all three. So you is the part we're discussing, the, the mind, uh, yeah. the psychology, uh, better self-awareness of you, know thyself, um, 
what works for you, what works for you might not work for me and, and so on. Uh, the system, developing a system that doesn't just have amazing performance, but it has performance that works for you, mm-hmm. right? A trend following system works for one person, a mean reversion system might work for another person, or maybe someone can mix and match both. Right. Uh, but it's important to, to understand uh, that, that there's alignment between the system and you. And then finally, no system works all the time, every time. And, and this is something that, that we've, we've woken up from our amnesia in the just year or so because market environments have changed. Uh, we no longer have this kind of strong trend, low volatility environment, which was the case in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a big regime change. We had an inflation shock, uh, and that's created all kinds of uh, new paradigms. And so the new environment is one that we have to continuously watch uh, in order to adapt and evolve in. So remember those three factors, you, system, and environment are always going to be key. Yeah. I mean, you you bring a lot of things together now. And especially for people just starting trading on also technical analysis, it might sound a little bit complicated because we're talking about, of course, we're always talking about technical analysis. And then also it comes a little bit fundamental aspects into it in terms of, okay, now we have some more inflation coming in, you know, economical things change. And also we're talking about the mindset. So as a trader, so so many things come together and then you just see markets moving up and down. And yeah, of course, we're talking about psychology here as well. When you see everything's coming up and down and and maybe you want to make a profit from it. You, you want you, you want to have your advantage. So you jump just right in, forget about inflation, forget about taking analysis, you just go into it. So for, for as especially if, as a beginner, what should I start with? Analysis, technical or fundamental, mindset, techniques, strategies, management. So many things come to mind when, when it's about that. So what 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 is your opinion on this? It, it's all important. Uh, and, and another way of saying that is the sum of all the parts. Yeah. Um, and certainly in my work that I do as, as part of the education team for IFTA, International Federation of Technical Analysis, for those of you who are new uh, to, to IFTA and want to learn more, um, I've always argued that a strong education syllabus is a sum of all its parts. And so, yeah. for example, one of my uh, specializations uh, is both behavioral finance, but also uh, cycles. So I, I've always, you know, uh, uh, had had a, a strong view on on developing those two areas uh, more. Um, same thing when you're starting out in the industry and you want to learn about trading, or you maybe want to develop your career um, in, uh, in in a in a financial institution with this skill. Whatever your goal. Uh, understand that each of these uh, principles and, and learning curves are connected and are important to learn them as a whole. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say one is more important than the other and, and start developing this hierarchical system. A lot of people like to think like that. Uh, certainly, I would say risk management is paramount, <laughs> whatever strategy you use, whether it's macroeconomic, whether it's fundamental, uh, whether it's technical analysis, uh, your risk management is going to be everything. And I would add to that, that your exit is likely more important than your entry 
And some traders get quite frustrated when I say that. They say, what do you mean? So my entry isn't important. Of course it is. <laughs> the earlier you enter the trade or the investment, the more profit you can, you can build. But the risk of ruin mathematically is just such uh, an, an end game uh, situation if you do not manage it well enough. And again, last year, uh, for different reasons, uh, that was a case in point. So anyone who is just buying on the dip, buying the dip, buying the dip, which is what people did in 2021, suddenly realized that strategy doesn't work all the time uh, because we, we didn't have that uh, strong trend, low volatility environment. We had a, 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 a directionless bear trend with high volatility yeah. environment, number one. And then number two, people who are, who are looking to uh, buy and hold or do a, a diversification portfolio, 60, 40, 60% in, in equities, 40% in bonds. All of these tried and tested strategies stopped working as well as they did before. Um, so my point is risk management and understanding uh, the importance of market timing and the change of regime um, yeah. is, is ultimately the top thing. How you apply uh, your analysis or your trading strategy is, is, is really unique to you. So I, I, I've, all, I've always had a blend of macro, fundamental, technical, driven by technical um, and, and grounded in market timing. Uh, but if you look up the works of the market wizards uh, uh, tr- uh, series, you'll learn that there are many different experts out there with different specializations that make money in different ways. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I don't think there's one way that is better than the other, although technical analysis is the most responsive and adaptable um, of, of, of all. True. I mean, Market Wizard series is amazing when it comes to, to learn about all the experiences and also approaches of, of the big names. I mean, the industry knows for years and for decades. Um, and I, I highly recommend this as well. I have another idea or another question in mind or another point, because you mentioned, Ron, that... Um, Literally, the entrance doesn't matter at all. And the exit is king. And I totally agree. Let's, let's say it's just uh, an, a game of thoughts. Let's say we use a random entry. Somebody tells you, okay, buy. Somebody says sell. So whatever, for whatever reason, you just say, okay, you tell me if I buy or sell. And I think that... No matter what you do, if you buy or sell, if you're right or wrong, proper management saves you and can make even the worst entry at least break even, if not profitable. If you place your stop loss right and also take care of your position sizing. What do you think about this? Yes, yes, and yes and no. <laughs> so yes, yes to risk management being important uh, times two. Um, yes and no to entry not being important. Good entry is good entry. So what I always say is aim for the sweet spot, the best of both worlds, good entry and good risk, uh, uh, risk management. Warren Buffett says predicting rain doesn't uh, count. Uh, building an arc does. Um And he's, 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 you know, that is wisdom uh, to say that, hey, you can say that, you know, markets are going to go down tomorrow. Volatility is going to spike through the roof. Uh, but ultimately, what's the strategy um, and how are we going to reflect that in a, in, in a trade or in a portfolio? So it does need to be actionable and it does need to be uh, in, include risk management. Um, in 
and, and a reflection of that, by the way, um, is work that has been done by various uh, leading institutions. Uh, most recently, that was Goldman Sachs, where they did a test of strategies to see which one was the best performing. Uh, yeah. Those, and, and I describe it as FOLO versus FOMO. So everyone mm-hmm. knows that FOMO is fear of missing out. So yeah. fear of missing out, if you were to miss out on the best trading days, your equity curve would be, relatively speaking, uh, a uh, a steady, almost flatlining uptrend. A steady, mm-hmm. almost flatlining uptrend. If you buy and hold, that outperforms FOMO. Mm-hmm. If you follow follow my my visual uh, description yeah. for those of you who are listening to us and not not watching my body language signals, and then the third one is the real outlier surprise that no one expects. The line on the chart in terms of equity curve performance that looks like it's going up in a straight line is FOLO, fear of losing out. If you have a healthy fear of losing out and you have good risk management or you don't trade on certain times in the year when it's just too crazy um, and it's not prudent, so you can, you can decide to risk manage that or just to not be in the game uh, for a limited amount of time, your equity curve uh, will outperform uh, significantly. Now, again, does that mean that you forget uh, the best trading days and the best trading ideas? No. It just means that you you be aware of the importance of both and that between the two, risk management is is critical. Right. Yeah. I love the idea of fear of losing out because if you if you really avoid high volatility days where you don't, you know, where, where you're not really sure how to trade it or you know, some, some news events. I know a lot of people trade news because of the volatility, but a lot of people lose money because of that, you know, the volatility. Maybe they, they enter the markets too early and they get stopped in and stopped out at the same moment or for whatever reason. And if you realize in your trading journal, these are the days where you make some, the biggest losses or most likely you make your losses, it's a good idea to skip these days. And also, right? Uh, absolutely. I'm a, and I'm a big believer in journals. Um, practice uh, by by doing, and and then ended up customizing my own. Uh, and then for um, students uh, that I, I I mentor and coach, ultimately uh, it's important to be accountable, and, that, and that's what a journal allows. But also, it gives the space for both quantifiable information, but also uh, capturing the the the, the the psychology of things. You can't capture psychology in a number. Uh, you need you need a space to to write your thoughts uh, and and uh, triggers uh, to to certain traits. So, so journaling is great. What I would say on the risk side, because this is a popular question I get asked regularly: How do I uh, decide? You know, the strategy for stop loss or for risk management. That's a whole podcast in itself, of which I'm sure you've spoken to many uh, smart people that have their own views. The, the three quick things I would say is to have a, a, a hybrid uh, stop-loss risk management system that includes a technical uh, chart uh, level or behavior, yeah. a uh, statistical volatility-based average of some sort, which I'm a big believer in, so ATR is a case in point, uh, which is quite popular with many traders out there. You can choose what multiple of ATR to use, 
uh, or, or blend. Um, and then finally, something that is financially linked to your account so that you know how much you're risking on the table uh, is always prudent. Um, and whenever a trader says, hey, I'm losing sleep on this trade, I, my response is dial down the risk. Mm-hmm. It, you don't have to leverage at all, have zero leverage. Main thing right. is that you build up consistent uh, tracks so that you can be confident in in your trading approach and then ultimately uh, develop that uh, positive equity curve. And then over time, uh, you can start to leverage uh, and, and uh, master position sizing. That's where the real money is made, mm-hmm. but we have to walk before we run. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, regarding stop loss, there are always some, some different ideas on this. And I had like a couple of episodes before I was, I was talking with Tom Starke and Tom, Tom says, no, I don't use a stop loss at all. And I felt like, I, what? <laughs> and he explained it to me and it sounds, sounded pretty reasonable, but the whole approach he chose was a different one. Like most retail traders do. So what, what he does, he just opens a position and adds and well, and, and uh, he adds position sizes and he lowers position sizes. So what, what he does is exactly what you mentioned. Okay. If you, if you don't sleep well, just lower your position size, erase the lever, right? So, so, so don't have any lever at all. And under this pers- perspective, I felt like, yes, this could be an idea, but of course not if you go in with futures or intraday, but it could work if you go in for like as an investor or let's say midterm at least. What do you think about that? I, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the, on the mark there, Vilens. It, 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 it's, it's case dependent. Uh, there is no one size fits all. Uh, with, a, with any strategy, whether it's market strategy, trading strategy, investing strategy, particularly when it comes to risk. So, so to be more practical and, and to, to circle back to what you said, uh, are we talking about a trader versus an investor? Are we talking about, uh, uh, different, you know, which market type we're we talking about futures, uh, mm-hmm. cross assets like FX or even crypto? Um, yeah. uh, and, and then ultimately what works for you? Um, I know traders that you, that apply stop loss, but they don't use it. <laughs> so they actually apply it, but they don't use it. Uh, so, and, and not, I don't mean that they ignore it all the time, but there are times when they, they, they think they're on a big winning trade. They put the stop loss in and then they report back to me as part of a coaching work. And they say, I, I say, what happened? Um, and in their journal, they say, I ignored my stop loss. <laughs> so even those that do have a stop loss sometimes bypass it and decide that, you know, uh, that was the time to do it. I, I think the other thing, so, so uh, the first thing I would say is whether you use it or not, be consistent. If you're going to use stop loss and risk management, use it. If you're not going to, and you've tried and tested that approach, follow that. Um, what, what I notice more and more in this industry, especially with first timers is inconsistency. And I would say inconsistency is a, is a real killer. It's the silent killer. <laughs> We don't talk about it as much, but it truly is a silent killer. It does kill in the end. Uh, but because it's subtle and be, and maybe because it's just not so overtly obvious. Um, it's, 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 it creeps up on, on us over time. The, uh, market condition, I would say is another thing, because another debate people have with me, which circles back to the same point about risk, not risk, mm-hmm. but profit. Yeah. There's a whole debate. Do we, do we take profits or do we let oh, our profits run? Oh, I know run? that one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. 
So, so the, I would say if, if you have a strong trending market, you can let your profits run. Mm-hmm. If you have a sideways high volatility mean aversion regime, take care because letting your profits run uh, may True. sound good in theory, but in practice, you're just going to, it's, it's death by a thousand cuts, <laughs> um, either on the stop loss or on the profit. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so you make a profit on the screen, but not on, not in your pocket. Um, and, yeah. and so, again, you have to. The answer lies in the condition um, mm-hmm. or, or the case, um, uh, not not in a fixed uh, rule. Right. Yeah, um, it, it's, um, it's so true. I mean, these two points, like stop loss, yes or no. If so, where? And the question comes to mind: Why do people ignore it? If they decide for it, why do they ignore it? We will talk about this right now. And also the, the, the question, where to exit with a profit? Because and then, then then greed comes into play. So if you're like, ah, this is the trade of my life. Maybe yeah. yes, maybe no. Most likely no. So, but, I, so I, you know, so how, how to do this? Let's start first with a stop loss. Why do people really feel like, okay, right now, I don't take care about my stop loss. I delete it. Why? From the psychology side. A bun- yeah, there, there's a bunch of reasons. I, I think on one level, uh, which is more of strategy than psychology, I think it's uh, the impression I get from case study examples that I work with on a regular basis. And, and this is true of my own experience when I started out. We don't know what we don't know. Uh, so when, when we start from kind of uh, a point of uh, uh, lower awareness um, and we don't have a kind of a, a clear structure and a robust technique, um, what happens psychologically is that we lose confidence in the approach that we are applying. And confidence is key. Successful traders are, are confident in their strategies. Um, and, and confidence you know, doesn't stick with you day to day. It, it fluctuates, but they know when they're on a, a high probability trade. Uh, they've tried and tested, uh, many setups and they, uh, are confident in the approach, even if the approach wins or loses. They're confident in the approach. Um, and so many people who are new to the game and haven't had, uh, enough runway time or let's say, robust and systematic learning uh, question the very approach that they're using in the first place. Um, and so that, that leads to confidence uh, issues, number one. Uh, number two, that then uh, triggers uh, fear, ultimately. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a cyclical, um, slippery slide. Um, and fear is something we are born with. We, we are risk-averse as human beings, and we are uh, fear uh, driven. Um, I always like to lighten the mood uh, when we talk about fear and say fear is healthy. Uh, without it, we would not we would not be fearful about jumping off a cliff. Although I know some people love that <laughs> bungee jumpers or, or paragliders. Yeah. Um, and I was stopped in an IFTA conference uh, some years ago uh, by a prominent uh, technician, naming no names, who said uh, that uh, he uh, regularly had. Adrenaline hits uh, when he was in a high-risk situation, and that was part of his edge. Um, so, you know, different things work for different traders. But as a rule, um, we are we have an, 
we are more risk averse and 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 we are more fear driven uh, the it is healthy because it keeps us alive as human beings and as traders uh, plus it allows us to evolve um, fear actually leads to evolution um, if it wasn't for fear we'd be stuck in the caves <laughs> not knowing how to uh, uh, survive mm-hmm. and I would say it's it's a it's a very useful metaphor for trading in difficult times um, where fear becomes an issue is where it takes control uh, where uh, it it overwhelms us basically and it blindsides us from the opportunities and it leads to this kind of negative spiral of analysis paralysis uh, core loss uh, stop loss management and ultimately blowing up the, the trading account as a consequence mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's it's a fear that keeps us alive and it's the fear that kills us so both is really really important to understand so that that once you feel like oh god i have the fear of losing and i know this myself that's why i'm 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 you know that's why i wrote a book about it and that's why you know that's why i always talk about this because if you have the fear of losing money there's two things happen first of all you take the event yourself manually right because i can't help it it will be a loser i get a, i exit the trade right now so the fear of the loss makes a loss, first of all. And second, I don't want to lose money. I just, you know, I, 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 I delete the, the, the stop loss. There's no stop loss anymore because markets bounce back, but maybe not this time. So these two things are really those ones who, who, who destroy your account from my personal uh, experience, of course, also from what I experienced from others and to some, to, to make it even worse, to add on losing positions. Yes, and, and certainly, uh, I mean, all of them um, uh, is, is a negative spiral. I would say one to add to that uh, for those who, who uh, are interested in this area um, is uh, denial and acceptance. Uh, yeah. Two really important principles that all traders and all living beings <laughs> uh, uh, can and should em- embrace. And according to uh, uh, the work of a Swiss psychologist, Kubler-Ross, um, she did uh, research on patterns of bereavement, which I know is a heavy subject, <laughs> of course, uh, and, and respect to all those that are going through difficult times uh, on this topic. Uh, but interestingly, uh, it applies also to shock experiences, not just death, um, yeah. and, and also trading, where, where we can <laughs> have traumatic days in the market um, and bereave. Uh, portfolio losses, uh, as, as I, as I often, uh, teach, uh, students and, and share with, with clients. As part of that process, we begin with shock, shift into denial, then frustration, a little bit of anger where revenge trading pops up. Um, and then we cycle down in the slippery slide into the abyss, uh, into basically the lowest point of the cycle, but the lowest point that leads us to the highest point. And that is through uh, what I describe as um, um, uh, dealing with the lows in order to embrace the highs. And, and the low is acceptance. Yeah. And the high um, is is basically lessons learned and and best practices, growth mindset. Um, and then we basically become more successful in, in both life and 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 uh, trading. The issue with most traders I work with, traders, investors, and also in my own experience is we get stuck in denial. 
we actually don't make it <laughs> to the rest of <laughs> of, of the uh, of the stages, uh, or we get stuck in uh, you know the, the heavy emotions of frustration and anger, and that's it. Uh, whereas uh, other traders tend to uh, know how to deal with the losses a lot more. Uh, they they learn from it, especially if they have their journals, whether it's a trading blood or or, or a physical manual um, uh, kind of written diary type journal. Um, and then they're very responsive to change uh, and, and to developing patterns of change so that they can grow and, and ultimately be more resilient, more adaptable uh, as, as, as traders. Yeah. Yeah, so everything is about development. And what, what you mentioned, this is something I read somewhere as well, that, that when it comes to money, that, that human beings are not built for that. We, we, we cannot cope, we cannot deal with, with financial losses. So it, it triggers some area in our brain, which is connected to physical pain as well. And this also makes perfect sense when it comes to grief, right? So this, the, we go into stages we cannot control really. Like it's, it's just a process just that cannot be stopped anymore. So, and, and this is why from my point of view that, That, that is why, and that's the reason people really freak out when they get into the loss and make everything worse by, you know, misbehavior. And, and, and it's a combination of different factors, right? A, a whole immersion experience. So we're talking about psychology and behavior, but there's neurological, there's physiological. Uh, one of the areas that I, I've recently been specializing is the neuroscience uh, space, and that helps us develop rational and logical models for why we make the decisions that we make uh, right. in, in high-performance situations, not just trading, but also sports or even uh, life-or-death situations like being in the military. Um, and the research shows that when we are under distress, not uh, natural uh, adrenaline rush stress, but distress, extreme chronic stress, uh, the logical part of our brain, uh, the, the front side of the brain, if those of you who are listening, just put your hand on your forehead, uh, the prefrontal cortex EFC for short, um, shuts down. It goes into semi-paralysis mode. So no matter how smart you think you are <laughs> or how successful your strategy uh, can, might be, uh, we, we start making illogical, subpar decisions, mistakes ultimately, um, and then that gets reflected in the, in the equity curve. So the, the emotional alarm bell goes off, the amygdala, uh, the stress response, that then... Yeah has a knock-on effect onto our decision-making process. Uh, and, and, and all of this is part of the process. And some people experience their adrenaline uh, spiking, uh, sweat, shortness of breath, uh, headaches. There's all kinds of you know, psychological, behavioral, neurological, and physiological uh, experiences. This is why I think it's, it's as, as, as heavy a subject as it is, it's quite exciting uh, for, for us to learn about it uh, as as, uh, as an immersion experience so that we can do something about it. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I believe that we can bet it's, it's not something that we change because it, it is part of being human. It's the human experience, yeah. uh, which I think ultimately is an asset, but it is something that we can better manage and optimize. And, and then all you have to do is look at the sports world. You know, the top athletes do this uh, as part of their professional work. Okay. Got it. 
Is there something like a trader burnout? Is this possible? Absolutely. Burnout exists across the board. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes the worst burnout is when you least expect it <laughs> uh, or, or, or when it's, when it, uh, it creeps up on you and you, and, and it's, 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 uh, it's not clear, um, because it's a surprise factor, which, uh, it catches you off guard and ultimately you're, 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 you're not prepared for it, but yes, absolutely. Um, research shows that taking a 15 minute walk, i.e. walking away from the uh, the chart uh, yeah. and or the trading screen when it's safe to do so, I might add, <laughs> and just yeah. going for some fresh air um, or doing something that raises your endorphin levels uh, is is a, is is a game changer um, for uh, for resetting um, all of the different uh, factors that I just highlighted. Just fifteen minutes, uh, yeah. and so some people say, "Hey." quality time with the family. Uh, other people say, you know, a, a round of golf, uh, walking, running, uh, meditation, yoga. Everyone has a different experience that uh, elevates uh, their their mood. Um, but ultimately, I think it's a combination of elevating your mood, but also uh, emptying your mind a little mm -hmm. and detoxing. Because a, uh, a lot of people, whether it's professional analysis or, um, or, or, or trading, investing, we suffer from information overload. Um, yeah. Slightly different topic, but it still relates back to the same thing. Uh, it leads to, you know, uh, excessive uh, stress. And ultimately, we need to learn how to deal with stress uh, and be more responsive to stress. Yeah, it's really important to understand. And also, I, I, I launched a conversation about it because a lot of, I think most of the people even don't know, they don't realize and they don't talk about it. Because this is really the downside of trading, of being a trader, especially short term, like intraday, from my point of view, right? So that it really feels like, no, I'm, I'm not born for this. Humans are not built for this. And we go into by, you know, by on, on our own will, we go into definite in, in, in situations we don't fit in and we set ourselves under such a huge stress. And most people don't realize it. And if you ask your environment, and if your environment, let's say your family says, why are you so upset? You just were just at the computer. So what is going on? They don't even know. Right? Absolutely. And, and so ha having a circle, uh, a trusted circle, um, uh, let's say a trusted support circle, um, is, is very useful. Uh, mm -hmm. that can be a uh, family, friends, or a trading buddy. Um, and uh, at basic, and I would say best would be a, a trained and professional mentor or coach, which is the work that you and I do, uh, in addition to our trading and, and analysis. So a lot of people need someone on the outside looking from the outside in, uh, who, who, who is trained in, 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 in that. Space, but also trained in what to do and how to support uh, and, and facilitate uh, support um, is key. Um, it, there's a lot of self-work that can also be done. And so trading journals is, is one. I think most people tend to be prone to trading uh, blotters. I speak to a lot of traders who are very left-brained, uh, very rational, very logical, and that's good. Uh, they tend to you know, crunch data very well, and, and they're very good with uh, knowing their numbers. 
But when I ask a psychological, emotional, behavioral question, um, there's usually this pause. <laughs> so yeah, I encourage well. uh, everyone to get back in touch uh, with their ego, with their emotion, yeah. with their thought process, uh, because it's all interrelated. Um, and when you do that, you create some space, safe space uh, to reflect um, and to ultimately grow. Uh, mm. I, I think that there's an industry conditioning maybe that you just keep on keeping on, crunch the numbers, uh, but don't have that, uh, that safe space for reflection. And I think that's uh, a misunderstanding to the work that we do. And there's lots of research that shows um, that having that reflection time in a constructive and uh, progressive way is very useful. Yeah. 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 yeah so one question just crosses my mind. In, in terms of that, also the acceptance, also the acceptance from the environment. Also, you know, there's something like if you really have a bad day, you lose money. There's something come into place. It's also like shame, you know, like I'm sitting in front of my screen, you know, instead of making money, I'm losing money. So it would be better not to sit there. So and all these things, and then you have to report maybe to, to your family, maybe to your to your boss. So wherever you're working, what environment you're working in, and then you 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 just feel like you know total jerk uh, in being a loser. And this is something I feel like, especially private investors, retail traders, are very familiar with. What do you think about this? It's 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 a it's a tough. Uh, emotion to deal with. Um, right. I mean, on, on different levels. One being wrong. Mm -hmm. Who likes to be wrong? <laughs> right. I, I, I once asked a parent, what, what is your experience of, uh, the concept of people making mistakes and, yeah. uh, being wrong? And this is a financial professional who was also a parent. Um, and he said to me, well, I have kids. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I can tell you from being a parent, our kids are brought up not to make mistakes mistakes True. Um, particularly when they go into the school system if you make a mistake you don't pass your exam you, you fail and the people say well you know it's it's a question of iq there's nothing you can do about it there's all kinds of uh lifelong misperceptions out there uh that we uh are influenced by um mm -hmm. that that don't support Uh, this concept of learning by doing and failing forward. So uh, we're not talking about failing backwards. <laughs> we're not yeah. saying celebrate your failure. We're saying, you know, you're going to learn the most from your failures, from your mistakes. And, and in doing so, you can fail forward. You can take a, you can take a leap um, uh, ahead. Um, so there's, there's that side to it. The other, the other point I would say is um, it, it, it's, 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 It's important to create the safe space uh, to to learn from from uh, the, the, uh, from those failures, from those drawdowns. Uh, make sure you're documenting them down, and then also to manage expectations. A lot of people, I mean, one of the opening questions I ask is, "What do you think is a profitable hit ratio or win loss ratio?" Mm -hmm. and, and there's many different responses to that. Um, mm -hmm. My anecdotal number, if there is a magic number, is 51%. And they say, why 51%? <laughs> it's like a holy grail number. And I say, well, look, it's, 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 it's close to the coin toss territory. Mm -hmm. Toss a coin, heads or tails, it's half-half probability. Yeah. But the 1%, just to, just, just, to, 
check everyone's ego <laughs> and expectation and let them know that you can be the best trader in the world. And generally speaking, uh, the statistics show that you will, you have a half, half chance of getting, of being right or wrong. Prediction works some of the time, not all of the time. And it's about a 50, 50 split. But what yeah. makes you different as a trader is that 1% edge. So that's why I always say 51%. But people expect 60%, 70%, 80%. Some people say even higher than that. And you can have days where your profitability and your predictability are higher, but work on the average and work on the probability um, of, of half, half or 60, 40. Um, that will, I think, keep you more uh, focused and clear-minded, systematic, and, and let you understand that losing is part of the game. And the last point I would say is losing is part of the game. How do profitable traders make money if it's a 50-50 win-loss or 51 or 60%? How do they make money? Yeah. I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Vreeland. In your experience, how, how do we make money? How do other traders, you, me, and others make money if it's a 50 ratio. or 60% win-loss ratio? There we go. But yeah. does that mean we let our losses run? No, of course not. Right. That's the point. So you always make, you have to make sure that you have a decent risk reward ratio. But the point is, and, and if you're too greedy with that, you will have a lower hit rate. So, right. By definition. Right. That's another point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, you know, I learned this actually from uh, a few market wizards and, um, Uh, credit to Linda Rashke actually for uh, sharing this in, in an IFTA interview that we did together uh, mm -hmm. for one of the recent conferences that she spoke at. Um, and she had um, what she called different business uh, portfolios uh, where mm -hmm. she would apply different strategies and different expectations of strategies. And so I think that's something worth thinking about. Some people are just, you know, the, They like to keep it simple. They focus on one market, one strategy, or several markets, one strategy. Fine. Uh, but if you can think about a diversified approach where you have different strategies that work you know, uh, in different ways, that's when you can start to then apply uh, more adaptable uh, uh, systems and, and thinking um, where the win-loss ratio will change um, and your risk-reward will change, um, partly because you're, you're dealing with trending markets which are trending more, minerating more, um, or, or some other variable factor. Uh, but to keep it simple, uh, I, I would just say, uh, remember that the best of the best uh, work on, are 50 to 60% uh, in the win versus the loss, um, yeah. point one. Point two, that then means you need to deal with the loss side because if you can minimize your loss, in the end, you're going to hit the win. Um, and then the third point is it depends what system you, you trade exactly what you just said. So credit to you, VLAN, for uh, circling back to that point. Uh, the market and the system you trade is ultimately also going to influence uh, those numbers. Totally, totally, totally agree. Great, Ron. I'm just looking at the, at the watch and time is running. So as a last question, and I'm pretty sure it's more or less, more, more or less a summarization of what we are talking about. So I like to, to ask you for the one really, really, really important uh, way to go for a beginner, for somebody really wants to start trading. And as it is, they always want to start short term. So what do 
a new trader and novice have has to well to take care for what will be the first steps from your point of view learn 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 <laughs> as much as awesome. possible uh, yeah. learn by doing so so right. learn by researching and by attending uh, professional courses whether you decide to do the uh certification route through IFTA is a choice um or you can do a professional training by professionals in the field these are good choices to consider um so learn in in the best way in terms of external learning but then i would say internal learning learn by doing um because ultimately that's only when the knowledge turns to action um and and experience builds with time and that has to be your experience uh, whether you're trading uh, manual uh, discretionary trading or whether you're doing half or fully systematic you need to own the experience uh, and i would say that's that's the real distinguisher in my mind in terms of uh, well those who are starting in trading versus the more senior ones who have 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 the the uh, battle stories <laughs> To share um that's 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 what makes you a resilient and successful uh trader so learn uh through external sources learn by doing uh and build up that track and experience and some of those battle stories uh which will allow you to succeed in in uh, different market environments especially the, the the interesting ones we've had recently um and the uh final point i would i would say is be very clear on your why Uh, know why you're trading, uh, because the one um, thing that tends to happen pretty fast is that when the going gets tough, uh, the tough gets going. Uh, so if you really are serious about trading, be very serious as to why you're trading. Uh, maybe it's it's money related. Uh, that's that's typical and that's that's normal. Uh, but then why uh, is that money important to you? What is behind that goal? Is it a, a lifetime? A drive is it a skill set that you just want to build is it a career progression whatever it might be just be clear about that um and and develop a roadmap as to how you want to achieve it um and make sure there's a process to that and it's not just a bottom line target mm -hmm. uh because a lot of people get burnt out because they have a magic number in their head and, and if they don't hit that target they they basically think that they're failing and that yeah. they're not succeeding um, and it tends to sabotage the process. So make sure you 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 uh, are aware of the importance of both. Yes, you need to have a performance uh, goal and a monetary outcome. Yeah. Um, but as important, if not more important, is how you get to that uh, that target. You, you need to have a tried-tested, evidence-based systematic approach money and most importantly to mask beautiful excellent well wise words and ron thank you so much for all the insights and well the, the the depths of of that what we can learn or could learn from from this uh well chat for this uh interview and i'm very sure that we will continue with that one um very very soon because There's so much to talk about when it comes to trading, investment, psychology, mindset, all the other stuff. So I'm really, really happy for this one and for more to come. Thank you so much, Ron.
Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. I look forward to the next one. All the best, Wieland. That's already it. And I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and you took away some learnings for your personal trading. If you want to learn more about me, about my interview partners, if you want to have a one-on-one -on -one coaching or even get into a training course with me or my interview partners, just get into the show notes and follow one of all these links you find there. And then I will be happy to hear and see you again. Your Wieland Alt.